Meet me on the softer side. Meet me on the softer side. Softer side of your heart. Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our other author events at www.skylightbooks.com, where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. You can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. And don't forget, Skylight Books depends on listeners like you to help support us. So whether you're in our neighborhood or browsing online, buy a book or two to help ensure that we'll be around for a long, long time. Thanks and enjoy. So, Pamela Ribbon, how many of you know her from the LA Roller Derby, LA Dolls? Great, yes, excellent. Um, tonight she'll be here reading and discussing, you take it from here. She's also written Why Girls Are Weird, Why Moms Are Weird, and Going in Circles. Um, she is, she just told me beforehand, the, uh, she was recently added to the OED, a phrase she came up with, muffin top, a phrase we use every day. She's one of the early users of this phrase and got put in the OED. That's like Shakespeare. That's like <laughs> incredible. So um, without further ado, I'll pass it off to uh, Pamela. Hi, everybody. There's seats in front if someone doesn't want to stand. Um, is it very close? Oh, look. It's comfy. It's right here. I'm not a spitter. Um, hi, everybody. It's okay. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, let me see. I uh, learned only seconds ago that this is recorded, and they put it up on a podcast on Friday, and that made me want to reevaluate everything I was going to do. <laughs> so we're just we're just going to get through it. Um, does everybody have what they need? There's also non-alcoholic beverages here. You don't have to drink wine. Um, but I'm going to do a reading. And then I have um, something else to share, and then we'll do a Q&A. Um, I give away gifts at Q&A, so if, if you get a question, you get a present, so keep that in mind. Um, so you take it from here. It comes out today, and uh, yeah, something I mentioned on NPR today on the blog. I don't know if you saw that. That was really nice. But uh, I'm going to read something early on so that I don't have to explain too much. Oh, so this is, I just want to be like, oh, hey, oh, hi. <laughs> hey, how are you? It's nice of you to come. Um, and when you go to other cities, you don't know anybody, so it's easier to be like, so I'm just going to read this thing. But you guys, it's like, we should all just sit. But uh, you are sitting. <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you. I just want you to know there's a podcast that's going to air this week, I think. I've never been more awkward. It is an hour of absurdity, like the man, I think I made him blush more than once. It's called This American Wife, and uh, it's, um, it's me at my finest, I assure you. Okay, so um, this is about two best friends. All you need to know for this thing I'm gonna read is, this is early on in the book, they're on a road trip. They just went to Sonic. Uh, this takes place mostly in a fictional town called Ogden, Louisiana. Uh, if any of you have ever met my friend Annabeth, uh, it's lightly based on her, but mostly her accent. So when I read, I will, I will be doing a spot-on Annabeth impression. Um, the book is a letter to uh, Smidge's daughter later. So every once in a while, there's a reference to your mother, and that is Smidge. OK, so this is chapter five. You do not need to read along. 
Once we were back on the road, Smidge let out a giggle as she remembered something. So, she sang, guess what I'm fixing to tell you? What had happened to me Friday night? Smidge held her gigantic cherry limeade with both hands, bouncing the already nearly styrofoam cup, I'm sorry, bouncing the already nearly empty styrofoam cup on her knees, both feet kicked up on the dash. The sugar was working, obviously, but I think the vacation was starting to get into her blood as well. Tell me what had happened, I drawled. First of all, I made the mistake of going out with Vicky, who was so boring. Here's how boring. So, 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 so boring. Six so's. Six. Maybe even seven. That is boring. Yes. And it's all your fault for going out with that guy who had rapist hair when we were supposed to talk on the phone, leaving me to fend for myself with Vicky. In fact, all of what I'm about to tell you is your fault, so I hope you're ready to start feeling guilty. Rapist hair was originally named Lane, but when I emailed Smidge a photo of him, she just replied, Rapist hair, do not date. <laughs> she was right, of course. Uh, not about the hair, but the dating part. He started strong, tall, good chin, dark eyes. But he had a terrible habit of intentionally making bad jokes and then acting offended when I didn't laugh at them. It got worse. Once inside his apartment, I saw he had an iguana. I would like to receive some kind of medal or certificate for not screaming while running from the building right there and then as if he were an actual rapist. Instead, I waited at least 10 minutes before pretending there was an emergency that would somehow render me unable to contact him for the rest of my life. Nights like that sometimes left me thinking, maybe I'll just move in with Smidge, be her Boston wife. Jenny can think of me as some weird aunt and I'll live in the back room and clip coupons in front of a dusty old television while having an intimate one-sided relationship with Drew Carey on The Price is Right, where I yell at him about the rising cost of olive oil. There was something about it that just felt so much easier, letting her make all my decisions just melt into someone else's life and disappear, no longer worrying about what I'm going to do next. It's funny how you can be so wrong about something. I propped my elbow to rest my head in my hand. Let's focus less on what's my fault and go back to your complaints about Vicky, I said. Ugh, Vicky. Six so borings. All she does is talk about that dog, I swear to God. She got a dog, did you know that? No, some kind of shih tzu. Looks like someone took a pretty dog and melted it down. Named it Barksy. <laughs> like she's two. Now what kind of grown-up names a dog Barksy, honestly? And she can't stop going on about the damn thing. Barksy jumped on my bed. Barksy ate a carrot. Barksy got stuck in the pantry. I want to be like, Vicky, just have a baby. I will steal one for you if I have to, just to make you shut the hell up. She is turning into one crazy woman, Danny. I can't even take it. Okay, so she's got raisiny ovaries. Lots of people have problems. Just fix it. The cat is enjoying this. <laughs> One had to be careful in telling Smidge personal information, as she'd find a way to fit it into one of her rants like a piece of trivia. Fun facts, everyone knows, no big deal. I think Vicky would prefer I wasn't privy to the workings or non-workings of her reproductive system, but to Smidge, if it were really a secret, she wouldn't know about it. In her mind, if you're talking about it to someone, obviously you don't mind someone else knowing. Smidge, I gently scolded. What? You've got the ovaries of a golden girl, too, but at least you put them to use most nights. Can't wait to find out which derelict will end up being your baby's daddy. With my right thumb and forefinger, I reached out to the front of Smidge's tank top and flicked the very tip of her tiny nipple. She instantly doubled over, howling and laughing, clutching her chest. I earned that. Yes, you did. So, to numb the pain of Vicky's dogalog, I started drinking. The next thing I know, I have had a bottle of wine and a half. That's usually an alarming amount of wine to anyone else the size of Smidge, but my friend never met a blood alcohol content she couldn't handle. I'd seen her drink Marines under the table, Marines at a bachelor party in a strip club, 
in Patpong, Thailand. <laughs> Smidge fiddled with her sunglasses as she talked, playing with the hinge in a way that was definitely going to cause them to break. And that's fine, all that wine, she said, because Jeannie's at her friend's house for the night and Henry's out with Tucker. And I suddenly realized that all I want to do is get into bed and watch an old movie without Vicky. I just want my bed and some Turner Classic movies. I start wanting it so bad I'm practically salivating. So I'm cleaning up, doing the dishes, washing up a little hint, you know? I put on my pajamas trying to give some clues. The ones with all the happy tacos on them? Those are paints that say I am going to bed. But this girl's just standing in my kitchen chatting away. So now I'm fixing to kill this woman who thinks I actually want to hear about her dog baby because she will not take the hint. Crap, I just broke my sunglasses. <laughs> Smidge leaned forward to scroll through the radio stations, unable to find one that wasn't pure static. She banged the knob with the palm of her hand, silencing it. And then she turned her attention to the remaining sips of her cherry limeade. She slid the plastic straw through the lid, causing a haunting sound that made my spine shiver. Yanking off the lid, she tipped her head back to pour the last sweet drops onto her tongue. Rooting for the maraschino cherry at the bottom, she jammed the straw back into the cup and hacked at the packed shave ice. So, she continued, Vicky finally goes home and I get in bed and realize, now that she's gone, I should celebrate with a drink. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear is right, Smidge said, because dumb Vicky made me drink the last of my wine before she left. I had to drive my bike over to the liquor stop gas shop for a bottle of red, so I am in my house shoes and pajamas, looking like a crazy person. Smidge dug her fingers into the cup to scoop ice into her mouth, like a road away from the sanatorium, <laughs> she said as she juggled the minuscule frosty cubes over her tongue. On my bike. Anyway, I ended up buying a six-pack, and I've got it in my basket, and as I'm heading back, I start wondering if it's too late to catch Sweet and Low show over at the pantry. The pantry was a dark bar with a huge back patio and rows of damp, musty wooden benches adorned with piles of overflowing ashtrays. Nightly, a band crowded onto the matchbox of a stage and played so loudly, all conversations were held just, just shy of screaming. You never went home from the pantry without a damaged larynx. Smidge, tell me you didn't go to the pantry on your bike in your house shoes. I was mostly sure that house shoes were the same thing as slippers. I, mean, I understand what the people of Ogden say and do, but it's neither my native tongue nor my first instinct when it comes to communicating. For instance, I would never say I drove my bike. <laughs> Even if it were a motorcycle. Smidge patted me on the hip. I parked my bike up to the post like I was hitching a horse, hid my six-pack in a bush by the back door, and I waltzed into the pantry just in time to hear Lowe sing Midnight Train to Georgia. I would never think to do these things, to wander around looking for fun while intoxicated and wearing pajama pants. If I tried half the things Smidge could get away with, I'd no doubt be arrested within 20 minutes. But in the end, it was always just another funny story for Smidge. I'm kind of jealous, I admitted. You should be, she said, because the lovely Lowe had me come up on stage to help her sing. I gave her a brief but challenging stare. She had you. I mean, she was already up there singing and there was a second microphone in space on the stage. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Plus, Sweet has a crush on me. I can imagine Smidge standing on stage in her taco-covered pajama pants, hair twisted into some bedtime knot, belting away like she was the one they had all come to see. Most likely, the only people in the bar who weren't cheering her on were the ones who never noticed Sweet and Low had a surprise guest. I'll get that. Anyway. <laughs> I take a bow and the crowd goes wild, obviously. Then I head over to the bar to finish my drink and who's sitting there but your buddy, Tucker Collier. And guess what he said? Uh, can I request some skid row? He said, if you could kindly do me a favor and stand still for a moment, I need to call your husband to inform him that you are neither dead nor kidnapped. 
Smidge had left her house wide open with all the televisions on, and just like I'd always imagined was possible, Henry came home to find that busy, empty house and assumed that someone had snatched his wife. <laughs> had he already called the police? And no. Once he knew Tucker was on his way to the pantry, he figured he ought to find out if I was here first. So if I had been kidnapped, I could have been dead before he even bothered to check on me, so I'll make sure to be mad at him later for that. But the moral of this story is, my husband must really love me because I don't know why else he hasn't killed me yet. Henry loves Smidge in a kind of old-timey way that you rarely see men love women anymore. Not just in the way that he looked at her like she was always telling the most fascinating story. Or how when he came home from work, the first thing he did was bend down toward her until his head rested in her lap and she rubbed the back of his neck with her hand. It wasn't in how they made each other laugh or how he would cook until she begged him to stop feeding her. It wasn't in the way he brought home flowers every Friday. Henry's love was in his patience. We all endured Smidge, but the rest of us shared the burden, spread it around a bit. Henry was the only one who was her husband, the one man in her life. There are statues less patient than this man. Even a statue would have found a way to mobilize his marble stone mouth just to tell your mother to shut her crazy ass up. But Henry, he just nodded, rocked his head and absorbed her words. And the more Smidge consumed, the more he doted. Sometimes I wondered if his insides were riddled with ulcers. So, Tucker calls my husband and tells him that he found his wife. Henry goes to bed. Once the bar closes, I figure I better get home. So I do, on my bike, somehow, and then I wake up the next morning and I get a phone call from Sweden. So, Sweden? Like the country? Smidge threw her head back and cackled. Yes, Sweden! They were just looking over their recent online orders and they wanted to know if I meant to purchase a chair shaped like an egg. What did you say? What do you think I said? I immediately answered, oh, yes, ma'am, I did. <laughs> she pulled her eyelids with her thumb one at a time, trying to keep her mascara away from her tears. Well, I'm sure I wanted it when I bought it. An egg chair? And then my credit card company called to also make sure I meant to purchase a brand new laptop computer. Smidge! I know! So what I'm telling you is that last weekend I made a $2,000 drunk dial on my credit card, which is why I'm now asking you to drive faster because I want to make sure I'm long gone and far away by the time Henry finds out. You are a dead woman, I said. So we drove in silence for a while as I tried to imagine what would happen if one day everybody decided Smidge should be forced to do what we said for a change. Just for one day. What if she ever had to answer to anybody? I don't think she could handle it, living under rules that weren't hers and hers alone. I was just about to ask her which one of us she'd let be the boss of her when I noticed she'd fallen asleep, a thin red line of cherry stain on her upper lip. Her hands twitched as the empty styrofoam cup tumbled to her feet. Uh, okay, it's time for you to put more wine in your glasses if you need it. Um, hold on. I mean that. Like, you can move the bottles around or something. <laughs> can, can someone help me with that? Thank you, Pasty. Pasty, I'm very tempted to show them your underwear. She's doing it herself. <laughs> but all of it. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll fix those in a second, but uh, I usually give a thank you. See, Tilda, that's a friend. Derby, roller derby, derby, um, derby. Uh, I usually give a gift for farthest travel. I see a lot of local people, but did anybody come from farther than, and look, Mission Viejo. Can anybody beat Mission Viejo? Yeah. Please come get your tiara. 
for you are the queen of the book signing tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay, the rest of these are for questions. So I'm um, so while this is going on, um, I will tell you what's about to happen. I don't know if you've looked at the bestseller lists lately, but it's, it's tough to get a paperback on there because the first five are all um, about Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> but like, like there's, I don't know if it's like 32 Shades of Grey or if it's always Fifty Shades of Bondage. I don't know what the titles are, but there's five of them. And then in the nonfiction, one of the tops is a guy who was like, dude's guide to Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> so as an author, it's exhausting. And you think, well, I don't know why I didn't just sit around and write fanfic erotica, because that's a lot easier to sell, apparently, and that's what people want to read. I was like, I don't know why I never did that. Well, I did. <laughs> but I was 16 at the time. Now, um, uh, so fans of Little Pam uh, were... I did not want you to not get anything out of your experience here tonight. Little Pam uh, was 15 when you met her and when I left you <laughs> with her. Because Little Pam at 15 had not been kissed yet, but she had a lot of hopes and dreams. <laughs> and Little Pam at 16 has had a kiss. Probably one boob had been touched at this point. And she had a lot of hormones <laughs> and a notebook where she wrote about them. Look, I think, um, no, I was just about to say nobody ever read these, but I don't think that's true. I think I once again made a copy and gave a boy. <laughs> I know, I know. So I'm gonna tell you that I, I couldn't remember if I had read these to you guys before. And that, cause I have a memory of saying them and, and someone being terribly uncomfortable and then I remembered it was my boyfriend, Jason. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't read the whole thing. He had actually told me to stop. And so I said, I said, look, I'm just warn you, I'm going to read these tonight, so if you need to leave or something, he was like, okay, good, that's, thank you. And I said, is it, is it hard to hear me talk about love and lust about some other guy, or is it just graphic? And he was like, no, I'm mortified for you. It's too hard to listen to when I'm right next to you. So, there's your cue. <laughs> um, we're just going to, we're going to get through one, and if you like it, maybe there will be more. But I don't know. I can't believe this is going to be on a podcast on Friday. Why do I do this to myself? March 22nd, 1992. It's called dot, 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 for this does not give justice to the last two days. <laughs> oh, I remember, okay. I hope you could appreciate my handwriting, too. Okay, thank you. It was a copy. She turns off the lights and looks out the window. The city lights play on her face. I can sell this, right? Just let me know. Uh, her eyes reflect a blinding glare. She begins to sway to the music. She knows not the words. <laughs> Semicolon. She does not mind. She closes her eyes and dances alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Twirling and swirling, her only partner is the light shining up at her through tinted windows. Her audience consists of shadows. <laughs> One moves. Not the shadow. A scuffle, a shuffle, a shift. She opens her eyes and looks down. She cannot see, but she knows it is him. He, 
<laughs> he places his hand on her ankle. <laughs> he rises to his knees and slides his hand higher, higher until it rests on her thigh momentarily. His hand slides up her dress to the flesh of her stomach and back down again. He stands, hands still on her thighs, awkward, and kisses her lightly on her neck. She is whole. Thank you. They move in unison to the music, and his hands continue to move slowly over her body. She loses the strength to stand, for her body becomes a quivering mass of desires. They sink to the floor. He lays beside her. He starts at her toes. <laughs> I always imagine like 21 Jump Street's playing in the background or something. Her back arches at his caresses. Her breathing becomes faster. His touches become softer, dot, 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 slower. She bites her lip. His tongue dances along her leg. He kisses her knee. Her toes curl. His hands slowly grope her skin higher and higher, resting at her hips. He kisses her stomach. She sighs and curls her legs under. <laughs> she has not done this before. She begins to grind by some uncontrollable reflex, an animal instinct that only he has the power to tap into. But he knows exactly how to play her. I'm sorry, any children. But he... He rises, kisses her breasts, and slides his tongue up her neck to her chin, kisses again, and slides to her ear. <laughs> her breathing is quicker now, more gasps, and she moans under her breath. He smiles and unclothes her. touches electrify her senses. She bites hard on her lip to silence her ecstasy. She grasps his shoulders as their bodies move in syncopated time. <laughs> she begins to move faster. He keeps his pace, which spins her more into a frenzy. Her desires overwhelm her, semicolon, for she has never felt like this before. So alive. <laughs> One of his hands rests on her leg. It is the most sexually arousing feeling she has ever experienced. <laughs> Glad you're all my friends now. Every cell in her body craves him, the scent of him, the feel of him. For some reason I crossed out the smell of him. She moves faster. She's so fast now. He keeps with her pace. She bites down on her lip harder and sets her jaw in determination. She can feel everything. She is aware of his breath on her neck, his toes on her legs, his wrist moving between her thighs. She is closer, closer, faster, faster. Her breathing is quicker, tighter. She tenses. Every emotion in her is reeling. Every muscle dances in pleasure. Her body spasms in ecstasy. His love for her fuels the fire, and she craves him to the core of her body. She is one. Her muscles relax, and she encloses him in her arms for a kiss. I love you, he says. So she felt. Yeah. Take that, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, it, thanks, guys. It's all about Twilight. I imagine if I had Twilight back then. I'm not. I'm not going to read this one. I just want you to see because it's so funny. I wrote you a letter. 
What's wrong with me? Look at it. It begins, where are you? Can you see this letter from here? Where are you? Come to the window. Why won't your mom let me in? Okay. All right. Um, and this one I don't need to read, but it's a poem called Sandalwood Dreams. <laughs> Just didn't want you to miss that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Please make her stop. <laughs> All right, here we go. <sighs> I can't even look at you guys. And you aren't looking at me either, so we're all obviously... Here we go. Excuse me, you say, as you bump my shoulder when you enter. <laughs> First floor, I ask, feeling the blush on my face at the embarrassment of my voice changing at the sight of your beauty. You nod, lean back, your head touching the back of the small room that only our two bodies encompass. The elevator plummets. And as my insides rise with the fall, my head spins as well. I can't stop staring at you. Your eyes are fixed on mine as well. Hello, you say. I open my mouth. I pause. What do I say? I love you. <laughs> I lust you. I want you. Nothing seems logical. I, the lights go out. The elevator stops. You step closer to me. I step closer to you. I feel your hand on my thigh. <laughs> it really was going to be magical whatever that finally happened to me. <laughs> oh, God. A moan escapes my lips. You silence it with a kiss. A long, hard, pounding, probing kiss. <laughs> Your hands keep working. They've slid up my dress and grasped to rip off my underwear. <laughs> you pause. <laughs> I feel you smile. You know I'm not wearing any. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. This makes you more aggressive, and you pull my dress off of me. My hands are working as well, tearing at your shirt, peeling off your pants, touching your skin gently. Your breath... <laughs> Your breathing is rapid. My tongue is in your ear. Your hands... <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get through this. Your hands are sliding up and down. My back begins to arch as I push myself towards you, and you push yourself in. Everything is in sync, right down to our heartbeats. We move as if we've known each other forever. Your fingers tease parts of my body as my tongue teases parts of yours. We move fast, faster. Your hands are gripping my sides as you hold me against the wall with a dominating force. My body is tingling, but unbelievably aware. My eyes are closed as you kiss my face, and the elevator starts again. We are moving faster as the elevator drops, falling faster, moving faster. Our screams unite in pitch. <laughs> We hold, muscles tightened, nerves on fire, heads spinning, hearts screaming, backs arched to the fullest degree, and we both feel the rush. The elevator continues to soar downward, and our, our moans begin to fade as we open our eyes, and the elevator smashes to the ground with a shattering impact that takes us both into a world beyond. <laughs> That one was dark. That one was dark. Um, but it was in an elevator. What are you going to do, you guys? You meet someone. Fuck until your back's arch. <laughs> um, all right. 
I actually do have one more, but I don't think I should read it. We should just go to a Q&A, right? Somehow it went very fast. <laughs> My awkwardness went very fast. Um, we could do a couple of questions and some presents, and then if we want, I can do one more of these ridiculous things. But does that sound good? Yeah. Is it just up to me? Okay. Um, so I brought presents. They're uh, all for uh, friendship, things that you need to be a good friend or things that will happen while you're a good friend. Any questions? Oh, we have one right in the front. Yes. Those are all about Johnny Depp, right? I don't think they're, no. Unfortunately, they're not about Johnny Depp. They're about real people. Oh, I know I should lie to you in public. It's never my first instinct. Um, no, they're, I mean, I don't remember, I don't remember who the elevator is about. But I'm telling you, I remember dot 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 for it does not give justice the last two days. And I'll tell you that song she was dancing to alone was U2's One. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Oh, you got a present. So I didn't get to put these out, so maybe you can just stick your hand in. Yeah, let's just grab that. You do. Oh, yeah, they're presents. Of course they're wrapped. She'll take the little one. That's such a uh, bachelorette party thing all of a sudden. Oh, she'll take the little one. That's what she said. That's what she's going to say the night that she has sex with her husband for the first time. <laughs> Have you guys not been at that bridal shower? Just me? Oh, they write them all down. This one has a big bow. <laughs> she's going to say that the night that she... <laughs> Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I've lived in the South for a while. It's glass for you to break. It is glass for you to break. It is, uh, it is, it is nail polish for your Manny Petty days. Yeah. <laughs> Your post-derby Manny Petty days. Um, another question? Yes. Can you please uh, show us an example of moaning or groaning under your breath? <laughs> <laughs> With like the moaning or groaning under my breath. I, I wonder. We'll try it. <laughs> Is that good? Are you turned on? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> my tongue is in your ear. <laughs> Put your hand on my thigh right now. <laughs> Start with my toes. <clears throat> oh, you can come get a present oh, wow. on them. Uh, yes, anyone else? Hi. Is there an entry about when Pammy's thigh was fine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, some questions about did I ever write in a post sexual experience experience? <laughs> Uh, I know that I did, but I don't have some of them anymore because I did give those away. Like, I was like, here, yeah, this is about you. <laughs> and then we would break up. I don't know. <laughs> I wrote this about your hand on my thigh. Um, no, then it got very, like, uh, why aren't we, why, how much are we in love? <laughs> it was really dangerous to kiss me in high school, you guys. <laughs> I took it very seriously. Oh, you can get your present. Yes? I want to know what you were like in high school. What I was like in high school? Well, I was shy for quite some time. And then, uh, and then I uh, accidentally got put in a theater class, and that kind of changed things. But, um, but that wasn't until my junior year. I moved a lot. So when I first started high school, I didn't know anybody. It was a brand new school. And I had decided I wasn't going to make any friends at this one, because it was my 12th school, and fuck this. And uh, so for the first semester, I did not really, I, hang, I hung out with nice kids. I was in gifted you know, honors, so we were all friends, but I didn't, 
Oh, she got a Us Weekly with Johnny Depp on the cover. Tell me, tell me what's going on. But he, uh, but I bounced around from click to click for a while, and then, then theater came, and I got louder. I did, I did a lot of plays. I snuck to my first audition. I told my parents I had to study, and I went and auditioned, and I got a lead. And so I was uh, in plays from then on. <laughs> I was like, this is what I'm doing now. Sorry, calculus. I, did, I mean, I still did calculus. I got good grades. It was very important. You can come get your present. I wrote a book, you guys. No, I was kidding. I did this to myself. Snorted. I did snort. Just the snort on the page. No, the snort was not on the page, unless you count all these times that I decided. No, you know what's better? Holding. There's a lot of scribbles because I was, I don't know, at a fever pitch. Did the did the strike through his smell replaced by his scent? No, I, well, yes, it was, no I, no, I just took out the smell entirely. It was like the way that he touched and, right? I can't remember how that one went. I can find it. But I just left out, like, I don't even know how he smells, I guess, when I went over it, the smell of him. Yeah, oh, no, I changed it to the scent, I guess, because it says, here, I'll tell you my thought process. The scent of him, the smell of him, the feel of him, that's just too many. <laughs> I don't need the smell of him. We already have the scent. <laughs> you can get a present of scent for your BFF. You have the forethought to make copies of these? Yes. Do you mean? She used a big word. Uh huh. And then you and then you made a copy. Well, these are the first drafts. You can tell because I wouldn't give anybody that. This is also straight out of the three ring binder of my heart. So. No, I don't. Well, maybe I thought I was keeping them. Clearly you did. I mean, I did. I mean, I've moved a lot since this time, and I've brought them along with me for 20 years, but uh, I don't know. I don't know why I still have them, you guys. <laughs> um, come get your gift, Corrine. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. A question about my book. Get out of here. <laughs> it's like, boo. You look pain, and I need to say so, um, I'm really how sweating. Did the, how did you come up with the ideas for your book? Like, all four Well, I I yeah. I was there when you asked a bazillion questions about passing that damn star, and I'm still mad at you about that. But <laughs> everything else, like, how did you come up with moms and girls are weird and this one's a good well, most of it, Why Girls Are Weird came out in a sort of backwards way because it was how can you take your website and turn it into a novel? So that was that question. Um, but the others were something happened that I could not believe. I couldn't get my head around how I really felt about this sort of half funny, half ridiculous, half tragic, three halves situation. <laughs> and so uh, I did stop calculus, you guys. But that, uh, so that the story kind of came out of that. This one, uh, you take it from here, came out of uh, a friend, my friend, called. I had uh, torn my knee at roller derby, and I was in the bleachers with the knee brace. And she called, uh, very upset, and said, you know, her daughter, her daughter had been in the hospital, but she was supposed to be getting better. But now she wasn't getting better, and I needed to get on a red eye to Louisiana immediately. And I said, you know, is it, I feel such like an asshole. I was like, is it possible we could just do this by phone or like Skype? Like, do you just need a, a good talking to all night? I'll stay up all night with you because I wanted the Viking. And she was like, I'm so sure. 
if you if you had a kid and she was dying, I'd be on a plane. What is wrong with you? So I got on a plane, and I took a red eye to Louisiana, wherein I found out that her daughter was much better and getting discharged from the hospital that day, <laughs> and that she had called me shit-faced <laughs> and hysterical. So. Then I took some Vicodin, and then I drank a lot of her wine, and then I threw up in her bathroom and thought, maybe I'll kill her in my next book. <laughs> but I really thought, uh, I, I didn't even question it, other than can we Skype? I was like, all right, here we go. I'm getting on a plane. And so I thought, we really do a lot for our friends when they need us. And uh, there are some people you just you drop your whole world for. And I really felt like she would one day call and say, I need you to take over my life because my life is important <laughs> someone needs to finish my job so that's where this came from come get a present yeah so the book is told it, it, it's a definite for it's a format it's a letter mm -hmm. to yes how much did that inform how you wrote the book did you feel hampered by the format at all i think it really like pays off in the end so much i love the way, but half the time I was reading it, and it had to be remembered. I had to remind myself that, oh, this is actually a letter. I'm not, li I'm not living in the present with this. This is all in the past. This mm -hmm. is a letter to this girl. Did you first write it as a letter? I had actually written half of it before I thought before I thought to write it as a letter. So I'm gonna get some water. <coughs> so uh, get some water. But after, I may have to read more things that make me blush. Um, yeah, I'd gotten halfway through before I was like, oh shit, this needs to be a letter to Jenny. And I'd written it in another, a different tense. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is how I felt for about a week. <laughs> but I knew, I, the minute I was like, I knew the ending I wanted, and I was like, you're not going to feel that way unless you go through this with more than just Danielle and Smidge. Did you ever feel boxed in by it? Like uh, I didn't feel boxed in, but sometimes you have to remember you're writing to someone about their mother. And so that, that is that, okay, well, how much can you be honest? And then how much do you sometimes have to just take a break and say, you know, I don't know, sugarcoat it a little bit. But I didn't want to. And so I felt like with someone like Smidge, I mean, only her daughter is going to know how crazy that woman can make you. Right, so you have to be careful with someone like the sex stuff. And like yeah. You're actually talking to a teenager. And yeah, it's not like your dad put his hand on your mom's thigh. It was not in there at any point. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but so sometimes um, I, I worry that it's, like you said, every once in a while you're like, oh yeah, that's right, this is a letter, because you do kind of go a little bit back and forth in tense. I like that too. Like, I like well, that. thanks. You kind of get lost in it, and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 this is a letter. She's read it. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> come, get a, come get a present. Yes, hi. Before I was um, why did you write it as a letter and not in the present day? Oh, um, yeah, because I felt like... It's hard to feel like why someone would do this, right? If you, the, on, on the surface, if you were like, your friend tells you, you hear about someone whose friend says, oh, and then just come live my life and drop yours. We would all be like, why would you possibly? This makes no sense at all. So I thought if it's a letter explaining that it, it has happened, and here's how it happened, and here's the truth that you didn't know, and here's why this happened, that then for the reader, um, you're being told, you're not going to know the ending of the story. You think you know, oh, two friends, one's sick. I know this ending, I don't have to read it. But it starts with, you know, letting you know there's a lot more to learn than what you think that story's going to be. You can come get a your girl present. <laughs> what, what has been opened? I missed all the... What did you get? Oh, she got some Starbucks for her Jean-Luc moments. And Donna got some Kleenex. 
That's what friends do. They cry on each other. And she got candy for fun nights. Oh, and she got tampons. Because bitch always be taking your tampons. Um, do you have more questions? Yes. Well, it's a little. It's really a little of both. Uh, it is the most immediate deadline. But um, she asked, "How do I balance TV and books, and then feature some stuff?" But they're all on different schedules. I mean, you know how long a book takes. She writes books. She writes good books. Um, so. You have a long time to put other things in there while they're off giving you notes. And television is very strict on its schedule for the most part, cable aside. But for the most part, you know, this is when I'm pitching, this is when I'm staffing, this is when I'm waiting for a job. And that's when you write your book. And then when your book is turned in, you write your script, your feature script, and then you go on those meetings while you're waiting to get some meetings. So it's like a big conveyor belt of insanity. But um, if I didn't do all of them, I would... I don't know. I would write this stuff, <laughs> but I would, I would, uh, I, I would feel like I wasn't doing enough because so much of what we do doesn't actually get published or bought or purchased or made. And so the books remind me that sometimes, in the end, <laughs> they'll actually sell it somewhere. That's very exciting. Um, so that's why I think I keep doing them. Also, if you want to sell a TV show or a screenplay, I highly recommend publishing a novel because. Those are the ones I've sold. Those are my TV shows and film scripts have been adaptations of my novels. That's true. Come get your gift. Oh, yes, hi. Well, we tried to make Going in Circles a cable half hour last year. We went to HBO and we went to Showtime, but they passed. I know, it was sad. I really wanted a real-life uh, fictional version of Tara Armoff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. And it was a fun pitch, and um, it just didn't go. You know, it's hard to sell lady sports, and it's hard to sell a half hour with sports. And both of them, both networks said, can you make it more male-oriented? <laughs> and that's literally maybe the only note I can't. <laughs> like, there are a bunch of refs looking at roller derby. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it wouldn't be that book for sure. Yeah. I love the book as it is. Thank you. Yes. Well, I don't know. We have all kinds of people. But uh, yeah, it would be very different to take a book about a woman going through a divorce and finding roller derby and make it about men. It's just an insane note. Well, it's just what they needed. And it was funny, too, because the the network's like, well, we don't really want any more female-oriented, female-dominant main protagonist. Hi, here's Enlightened. Like, oh! (laughs) So, but, you know, maybe because they have so many. (laughs) I do enjoy episodes, so I don't mind. Um, oh, please come get your gift. All right, I'm I'm gonna read one. Okay, this one's not too long. It just uh, 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 I was clearly listening to Nine Inch Nails at the time. <laughs> April fifteenth, nineteen ninety one. It starts from my neck. Oh, I'm newly 16. It starts from my neck. The heat from your mouth engulfs my body as your tongue dances on my skin. Your hands hold me with strength and experience, strategically placed in places that drive me wild. (laughs) 
I have to close my eyes for fear of fainting from pleasure. <laughs> you move downward slowly, inch by inch, tracing my sweat with your tongue. <laughs> the speed increases. But slowly, every... <laughs> Every nerve is alive and tingling and fully aware of every action, every sensation. My hands slide from your shoulders down to your back, my fingers kneading your muscles to the rhythm of the circles that your mouth is making on my stomach. <laughs> you go lower still. Fists clenched, toes curled, eyes shut tight, muscles pulled in. I feel like I am about to explode or faint. I will either die or live forever. <laughs> Your pace is steady, and your fingers are tracing small patterns on my thigh. <laughs> my mind is chaos, a land of confusion. <laughs> my strength is crumbling. You look at me, whisper, I love you. <laughs> I go wild. There is no such thing as morals or manners. <laughs> Fuck cautiousness, fuck self-consciousness, fuck it all. Just take me, grind, pound, twist, moan, pulse, push. Make me feel alive, make me feel unreal. Tease me, taste me, tantalize me, hold me, hurt me, love me. Fuck me, do it now, touch me, teach me, taunt me. Make me live, make me learn, make me sweat, make me exhausted, but give me the stamina to go on. Feel me, let me feel you. Let me slink my hands down your body and back up again only to retrace my journey once more. Take me up higher and higher, faster and faster, harder and harder until I've hit the ultimate, the ecstasy, the bliss. Then bring me back down, gently, slowly. Every sensation slowly fades away as I open my eyes and my breathing slows and I fall dead in your arms, knowing that I will always love you. Yes! Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that we can inflict that on the masses. Uh, do we have more questions? I have more gifts. So if you have. Oh, did you get the last one? <sighs> oh, an audio book. An audio book of Little Pam. It'll be called "Touch Me," only on my thigh, please. My friend ruined all the Shades of Grey series. Really? Can you imagine? That's what I get on the bestseller charts with my audiobook for my teenage diary. Hi. Were you always the protagonist in your writings, or did you ever write like dramatic things? Um, fanfic. I well, when I was very little, I used to write fanfic of The Outsiders, but I was in it as uh, I was. I was Dallas Winston's uh, little sister, and I hung out with Johnny and Pony Boy, and uh, we got into trouble together. We were at the church, whatever. But um, uh, I met S.E. Hinton um, at the L.A. Festival of Books, and I brought this like tattered, my tattered outsiders, and this, she, she was signing it, and I said, I, I just, I love, you know, you're, like why I became a writer. It completely changed how I thought about books, and I used to think about like how the outsiders would be. Like I put myself in it as this, as this girl. I was Dallas Wilson's little sister, and we hung out or whatever. And she went, Have you ever heard of fan fiction? <laughs> and I went, Oh, I also write books. <laughs> she signed it, Stay Gold. So it's a good story in the end. Uh, we really are out. Who got the wine? Oh, hmm. oh no, it's not wine. I forgot. It's Skinny Girl Margaritas. Woo! Do you, do you have any writings after you had sex? 
sense. <laughs> We've had this question before. You guys are getting personal. I mean, I wrote this after I've had sex. All these books you can get here at Skylight Books, not a virgin. No, all of them, all of them, 100%. That is not a lie. Maybe not some of my plays. <laughs> I was, I was special. You know, we waited so long, and then eventually, you're like, well, I guess nobody's gonna get this. <laughs> and then you're like, will you take this? And they're like, no. Then there was the year. Will you take my virginity? No. It's a great year. <laughs> this is recorded. <laughs> No, no, mom's not, she still doesn't know what podcasts are, so I'm okay. But um, thanks, everybody. Uh, do we have more questions, or should we? Which thigh? What is this? I can sign books? Yes, I can sign books. Which thigh? You can ask that when you come up and I sign your book. Um, yes, yeah, so we should sign. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you. Okay, where do I go? You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Fragile Gang. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, and the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.